In the lives of Native Americans, we all have one thing in common, bloodlines. The bloodlines are what connect our past to our future. In this podcast, we talk with indigenous women who are impacting their world for the better in big ways and small ways, while never forgetting to go back to their roots. Join Jeannie Burgess, member of the Peoria tribe of Oklahoma, as she has conversations with powerful Native American women who are making a difference in their neighborhood, communities, and their world. Please subscribe and share and review our podcast. Thank you for joining us. Today, I am with Toby Gatewood and excited to have her in the studio to talk about her life as a Native American Indigenous woman. Welcome, Toby. Thank you. So, Toby, tell me about what tribe you're from and just tell me a little bit about yourself and your family. I am a member of Cherokee Nation. My family consists of myself and my husband, Ryan, and then we have two kiddos. Beyond that, my parents are living in Welch, America. They've lived there their whole lives. My dad is also a Cherokee member. And, you know, my grandparents on my dad's side are both Cherokee as well. And then my mom's side is not. So as as far as my family, that's, that's kind of it in a nutshell. I will just talk a little bit about my grandma, my dad's mom, who was Cherokee and was very proud of her heritage. That's kind of where we learned a lot about the tribe was from her, through her and her sisters and things of that nature. So I can remember being little and my great grandma, which was really getting up there in age whenever I was kind of old enough to remember. I can just remember stories about her coming to Oklahoma on the Trail of Tears. I can remember vaguely her sharing the artifacts from her family, from the Trail of Tears, things of that nature that um, that she had in her home. Anyway, I just tried to tell my kids some of those stories. And here we are in 2022. And I feel like we've kind of lost some of those things like our kids don't know about. Yeah. You know, my mom, they talked about it. It sounds like that that's What happened in your family, too, is there was somebody that was talking about it. There was somebody that was really proud to be who they were. Definitely. As far as like the specific stories, I know that we sat around a table and that's where you heard a lot of stories was, you know, is this, it was that. And, you know, also, obviously, the Trail of Tears stories, though, those are pretty rare to hear, aren't they? Definitely. Yeah. And I didn't appreciate it as much then, of course, because I was, you know, young. But now, you know, you appreciate it a lot more. Your career is in education and tell us what you do. I started out as a special education teacher and I taught in rural um, schools in this area. And from there, I became a school counselor. I've been doing that for a long time. (laughs) This is my 23rd year in education, so it's been a while. But now I've moved into an administration role here at Northeast Tech, just finished my 12th year here. So I've been in that kind of that administrator's role for the last 
eight years, I guess. Yeah, I've seen a lot of things, seen a lot of change in that time. But here at the Technology Center, you know, it's kind of a different point of view from you know, the public school setting, you know, students choose to be here and that's a little different. And the students here are training for the workforce. I love it. I love watching students go from knowing nothing about whatever trade it is that they're wanting to do to being certified and going to work. I know that it's not like we go around thinking all the time, oh, I woke up and I'm Native American. Do you know what I mean? It's like, we just are, (laughs) right? We just are. But how do you think that that strength that kind of came down from your grandfather to your dad to you. And also we'll talk a little bit about your daughter, Chelsea. How do you think that that kind of inspires or motivates you kind of in your daily life? Like for me, and I don't know that it's necessarily Native American heritage or just the way that I was raised. My parents raised us to be hard workers, do the right thing, you know, and that's how I'm raising my kids, you know. So I know you have two kids. You have Chelsea and Grady and Chelsea has been very involved in the Cherokee tribe. Right. Right. Talk a little bit about Chelsea and Chelsea's involvement, because I think it's interesting that someone her age has been so involved with her tribe. I think it was her sophomore year of high school is when she applied for the Cherokee Youth Council. So she applied for that and interviewed for that and was chosen to be our district youth council member. So that was a cool experience for her. She was on the council for her sophomore, junior, and senior year of high school. And what that consisted of, first of all, when they swore them in, that was quite an experience. Just had never been like inside a tribal meeting before. So that was just an experience of, of its own, just to kind of see how that is set up. But they swore them in at a council meeting. So then After that, monthly meetings where they went to Tahlequah and met at the tribal office and they did all kinds of different things. Their meetings were consist of a Saturday and like an eight hour day. And so they had language lessons, had speakers to come in and talk to them about all different things about the tribe. And they learned learned moccasins, they made baskets, they, you know, did all of, of those types of things as well. And then they also got to take part in writing some legislation actually got to go to state capitol when they voted on that legislation. So they got to kind of see that process happen. Those were all very neat things they were able to do. And then also in our community, when things were happening through the tribe in, you know, Craig County or Ottawa County, they would invite her to be a part of that. So when they would present checks to different nonprofits, they would invite her to go to and and be a part of the picture and the tours and all of those things. So she got to learn a lot about the community and about the work that Cherokee Nation was doing in the community. So that was all great experience for her. And she met a lot of cool people and made a lot of connections that way. Do you think that her doing that kind of raised her awareness of what it means to be a Cherokee? Oh, definitely. Because, you know, whenever you get wrapped up in just your daily life and everything that kids are involved in and all that kind of stuff, if you're not somehow plugged in to the tribe in some way, they don't really get a lot of knowledge, you know, other than just what, you know, we're passing down, you know, stories we're telling them and things like that. So they don't, get to learn a lot about the tribe or about even what services are out there and that kind of thing. And so I definitely think she learned a lot. We all did, you know, I did too. And which is turns around and helps me in my job as well to help students. Yeah. So it was a great experience for all of us really. Yeah. You know, tribes are multi-level things now. I know the Peoria tribe, which is a tribe I'm from, is doing a language class this fall starting in August. Well, they're doing a, a full-on language class where you can be able to talk it. And we use language a lot in the Peoria tribe. As a matter of fact, 
we just opened a children's center that is pre-K and they have the Peoria language incorporated into that. I know that the Cherokees do have a language too. So you were talking a little bit about your grandmother and that there were artifacts that she shared. Do you remember specifically any of those things? The one thing that sticks out to me that I remember is there was a bed in my grandma's house that supposedly that bed made the trip. I'm not sure if it was brass or like what kind of metal, but it was, you know, sort of that metal looking headboard Mm -hmm. and footboard. But that was the story is that that bed came with my grandma on the Trail of Tears. And then when she passed, I got it. So that's kind of cool. And hopefully we'll be able to keep and you passing that down for generations. Yeah. You know, the Trail of Tears is something that when you study it in history, and when you think about it, it's almost hard to connect that that's where my family, that's where my family, that's where my ancestors were, that they came through all of that. You know, sometimes I think that it has given us this really incredible underlying strength that we may not think about. You know, we didn't go through that, but in order to get them to the point where you had a grandmother that had your dad, that that then you and then your children. Do you ever think about that? Do you ever think about the whole aspects of the Trail of Tears and how it really got so many people to where they are as hard as it was and as terrible as it was? Oklahoma wouldn't be filled with Indian tribes, if it wouldn't have been for the Trail of Tears. Right. And when you think about that, like you said, when you're learning about it in history in high school and all that kind of stuff, it's kind of hard to imagine that that you have a connection to those people in some way. And then to just imagine the hardships that they were experiencing during that. And then, then I think about, you know, that specific bed, I'm thinking, gosh, did she carry that somehow? Or how did that one particular piece of furniture, like make it We've had it all these years, you know, and it's it just, I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of surreal to think about. It is kind of a legacy. Now let's talk for a minute about one of our favorite things, which is food. Yes, love food. My, my mother always made grape dumplings. That was a kind of a pure thing was her grape dumplings. Do you remember any recipes from your grandmother, any foods or anything like that, that you could kind of connect with her? Oh, definitely. We were fry bread people. I can just remember like every holiday, every birthday party every family get together, whatever. We always have fry bread. And it's one of those things that I know how to do it. Like she taught me how to make it, but I don't do that. And just as I'm sitting here having this conversation, I'm thinking, man, I need to be doing that. My kids need to experience that. (laughs) And I need to, and we always look forward, you know, looked forward to that because that wasn't something that, you know, that wasn't something my mom grew up with. And so that wasn't something that she did for us. So that was only something that we were able to do when we went to my grandma's. Yeah, you know, there's a really cool children's book called Fry Bread. I don't know if you've seen it, but it is, it's a wonderful book. And actually the man that wrote it isn't, I don't think he is Native American, but he just wrote this whole book. It's a children's book called Fry Bread. Like I think about those grape dumplings, which were really something that my mother made and kind of bridged that Indian culture and that Native American culture You know, my mom designed the emblem for the Peoria tribe, which is now the it's on everything from the stationery to the it's carved into the conference room tables. And I think about my mom, you know, who's been gone almost 12 years. And I think she had no idea when she was applicating that emblem, you know, how far it was going to go. Just like your grandmother, she was just talking about here's this bed and this is the recipe and this is what happened. And I, I don't think that they quite realized that they were impacting us 
without even thinking about that. Yep. That's true. When you think about, you have Charles C. and Grady. Grady is how old? 14. Wow. Yeah. Do you ever think about, this is something that my grandmother taught me that I really want them to know something she said or or something she did or the fry bread or like, do you ever think about how you want to invest in the next generation just from kind of your own Native American background? So one of the things that my parents always say is that I act a lot like her and that I kind of have her, of her tendencies, which, you know, it's, I'm sort of bossy and <laughs> kind of has things have to be my way. And if you've met my children, they're a little bit that way too. They're pretty strong-willed. And if they have something on their mind, it's going to happen one way or another. So I feel like that just her personality comes out in me and now them as well. And my sister, I've, you know, I have two sisters younger that we're all kind of that way. We're not easily pushed over or walked on where we stand up for ourselves and stand up for what we believe in. I have a feeling that your grandmother did too. And, you know, even talking about your dad, you know, your dad is one of those, he's a little more quiet, but he has a strength about him that really undergirds the, I think kind of undergirds your family kind of his, I mean, you know, your mom is just out and about, but your dad is more of the quiet type that may actually center the family a little bit. Definitely. Yeah. My dad is the quiet one until you mess with one of his kids or his people. His people. Yeah. Where my mom is the social butterfly and she's also, you know, that mother hen that, you know, she doesn't want you to mess with the kids, but but she's also, she's the peacemaker. <laughs> kind of as you're going through this, as you're going kind of through this interview and you're answering the questions, what's kind of going through your mind right now as far as where the, your own connection is to the Cherokee tribe? It's one of those things, as I'm sitting here, it's like, you've never really thought about these things. You know, you just don't think about like your personality and like the way that you live your life or whatever. Like you don't think about that having anything to do with your tribe. But as you, you know, start thinking about it and you start talking about it, it's like, wow, it does have an impact. Yeah. You know, I think about the strength that is Alice Burgess, you know, that was my mom. I don't know that there was really a stronger individual than my mom. I mean, it's like she was sassy, very intelligent, and she really loved her tribe. I mean, she loved her tribe. And the name of the podcast is that we're on is Bloodlines because everything traces back to a bloodline. And I don't know if you've had the opportunity to ever see your bloodline. I have. And so people say, what does a bloodline look like? And I'm like, well, it sort of looks like a basketball tournament schedule, (laughs) but I know that I can go all the way. I take my mother's name and go all the way back to several generations. And I see the people that have been connected to me for so long back. And I just wondered, have you ever had a chance to look at your bloodline? We have. That was actually one of the projects that Chelsea had to do in Youth Council was to do the family tree situation on both sides of her family. And so we had to call some people (laughs) and find, you know, figure some things out. And yeah, pretty interesting because you don't think about that stuff on the daily. And then you start kind of talking about, you know, because like my great grandparents, my kids didn't obviously didn't meet, didn't know. And so then you start talking about who they were and what they did and, you know, those things. So kind of a teaching moment too. It's kind of cool. Yeah. You know, I've been told my whole life that my relatives fought with Tecumseh in the Battle of Tippecanoe. 
Now, I have not traced that. I'm going to be tracing it. I don't know if it's true or not, but I've been told my whole life that our ancestors were in the Battle of Tippecanoe with Tecumseh, which is a very famous historical story, right? Right. So you hear all these things and you think, oh my gosh, I I don't think I've ever really traced that to see if it's true. I mean, my grandmother looked very Indian. I think my mother looked Indian. I don't look Indian. You kind of don't look Indian either. It's like we've got this blood. We can't see it, right? right? But I think about there's so much legacy and history and things like that, that I don't think you think about when you're younger. I think as you start to get older, you think, I wish I would have listened more. Do you wish you would have listened more? Absolutely. Especially when you're a teenager. Now I'm kind of like, man, I wish I had written some stuff down. I wish I had paid a little more attention when they were talking. So, you know, maybe the next time you're with your sisters and your dad, you guys might try to collect Maybe they remember things about her that you didn't. Yeah, that's true. So maybe some of this is about kind of getting with our people and collecting that information that maybe, you know how everybody has a different point of view, like like somebody heard something and they'll hear something else. And so maybe part of this and part of this podcast is even to get people thinking if they are Native American, thinking about, you know, what can I do to push that up in my home? What can I do to talk about it a little more? What kind of things can we find out? What kind of things can we write down? And hopefully the podcast has spurred us to think about that. Yeah, that's great. It is a good opportunity. And like you said, you know, to bring awareness to people to pay a little bit more attention. And there are some, you know, like in the case of what you've done and how you've come up through the system, and where you are now and impacting students and impacting students' lives. I think that there are a lot of Native American women across the United States that are impacting and changing their worlds, their neighborhoods, the lives they live. And I think a lot of that is girded by a group of very strong ancestors that guided the way. And so I don't think it's something that we do think about. I think a lot of times people think of Native Americans and they think about powwows and, do you know what I mean, reservations and teepees and, you know, all those things. And those are great and they're part of certain tribes, but every tribe really is so very different. And when you start looking at it, it's really complex, but it's also very special. That's really what I want to talk about through the podcast is let's talk about the specialness of this. Let's talk about how this impacts us. Let's talk about how this guides us because it really does. I remember being at the general council meeting, which we have that meeting once a year. And I remember just looking around at the people that are so involved in the tribe and love the tribe so much and and the artifacts and the different things like that, that we saw that day. And I thought, you know, we forget it's really bigger than what we are. Absolutely. And when you think about also like the things that your tribe, because I feel like every tribe, different things are important to them, different things that they support and that they work towards. And like for Cherokee Nation, for example, healthcare is huge. You know, we have these clinics and hospitals and everything and around this area and education is huge, like for me and my child so far. I mean, the amount of scholarships and support that we've gotten through the tribe is just amazing. Like for example, Cherokee Nation, you know, $2,000 a semester for college students. That's huge. And then my daughter is working through Indian Health Scholarship and that's not just Cherokee, that's 
that's for any Native student, but that's that's a huge scholarship for students that are studying something in healthcare and they're paying for her entire school, everything. And there's a few other scholarships that she's gotten because she's Native. And so there's lots of opportunities for students and a lot of opportunities that people don't know about. And so that's something that I think we're very fortunate that our tribes do support education and are trying to help our students be productive citizens, which is kind of what we're all after, right? (laughs) Yeah. The Peoria tribe does that too. They do a scholarship program. They do that too. I think a lot of tribes do that. They they want to invest in the future generations, which I think is really important. I just want to say, Toby, I appreciate you joining me today just to talk about what this all means and what it means to be a Native American woman and where that kind of girds us. And a lot of times I feel my mom guiding me in my life. She was an incredibly strong, as you know, woman, yes. very strong. <laughs> and so any parting things from you that you want to leave? We're about to close up, but anything you want to leave it with? today? Oh, goodness. I don't know. It's just been eye-opening for me just to think about. It just makes you want to like go write some things down that you can remember and start asking, you know, asking other family members like, hey, we need to get this stuff. We need to get this stuff written down for our children and our grandchildren and those to come like, so we don't lose it. Well, I tell you, if we don't, if I don't accomplish any more than that during this series of podcasts, then I feel like I will have done my work because even though we're in a tribe, we don't really think about the impact of that and what that really means. And, you know, we really need to. I think sometimes we just get so busy living life and you think, you know, you don't just sit around and think about the fact that you're Native American, <laughs> but maybe we should think about those aspects of life. So I really appreciate you, the dialogue, you joining me today. And I so admire everything you've done with education. And I wish you all the very best. And I just thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me.